MBTI, fact or fiction? Is it based on truth or just discussion topics people put on dating apps to start a conversation? John and I, today we're going to try to talk about it and find out for ourselves. Let's scale it down. Okay, so John, to start off, the MBTI is one of the most popular personality tests out there. I mean, how did it start? Basically, personality tests, they date all the way back to World War One, And back then, they were using personality tests to identify soldiers who were prone to having mental breakdowns. They used this to assess their mental status and see what their overall personality is like. And since then, it gave birth to a whole bunch of different personality tests, ranging from the inkblot test, which is that white paper with a black ink just splashed over it, all the way to what we know now to be MBTI. Mm -hmm. And MBTI was created by a mother and daughter by the names of Isabel Myers and Catherine Briggs. And they apparently, quote unquote, studied the father of analytic psychology, Carl Jung. They studied his work and his text. Uh, the caveat I want to mention here is that Isabel and Catherine had absolutely no credential in psychology or psychiatry. They have no background, no education, no training. But somehow, regardless of all that, the MBTI rose to popularity. And the MBTI, it, and I quote, measures four pairs of opposing preferences which are inborn and value neutral to form a person's four-letter personality type. Okay. Well, I mean, from what you're telling me, the original developers for this personality test, um, they're not medically trained in the psychology field or psychiatry field. It kind of sounds like it's a pseudoscience. Do you believe in it? I actually don't believe in the MBTI from a scientific perspective. So humans are extremely complicated. They're very complex. We have almost 8 billion people in the world, all with unique personalities. Every single person is unique. And to say that all of the personalities of every single person can be categorized into 16 boxes of personalities is absolutely ludicrous to me. I think that doesn't make any sense. What I will acknowledge is that the MBTI is a lot of fun. Like reading about it, talking about it, that is fun. But from a scientific perspective, no, it's not my cup of tea. Mm, How about you? Um... I'm on the fence here. I'm kind of a skeptical believer. Uh, I don't really, like I, like you said, I don't believe that everyone's personalities can be divided into 16 personalities, unique personalities. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of aspects of it that are pretty interesting. Um, one thing I do want to touch upon is the reason I'm a skeptic is this. Um, I think that results of the tests are very heavily influenced by the emotions you're feeling at that current state of mind when you're taking the test and also maybe by recent events that may have transpired and that could honestly influence the way you change your answer so it's not a accurate measurement of your overall personality but maybe who you are in that certain instant i'm glad that you mentioned that because one of my questions i want to ask you is the mbta reliable so from a scientific perspective just to give our audience background can you describe what scientific reliability means Scientific reliability basically boils down to how reproducible certain events or results are. Yeah, exactly. So reliability is the consistency of measurement. So if you take the test multiple times, it would be reproducible. It would give you the same results. Unfortunately, at least in my case, I'm not sure about yours, and I know a lot of other people on the internet have posted this and shared this. They said that we don't always get the same results every single time. So I got one result back in college, and then when I did the test again after graduating and when I was in med school, I got another result. Two weeks ago when we were preparing for this episode, I did the test one more time and I got something completely new. And then just yesterday, I got what I used to be. So I'm changing every single time, which to me is not extremely reliable. Right. Albert, has that been the case for you? 
Uh, funny enough, I've taken this test multiple times throughout the years, at least since I was 18. Um, I had to take a intro to psych course and then this test came up and then we had to take it for ourselves. And I've had multiple friends take the exam for me and I've taken it myself. And during various stages, like in college, graduating college, in dental school, and then once recently, like literally a couple days when we first mentioned possibly doing this episode. Um, and I have gotten the exact same results the past 10 years. And my friends have gotten the exact same results for me. And But anyways, um, what I'm really curious, John, is what is the hype behind, behind this MBTI test? That's a good question. So, you know, we talked about how the MBTI was created by two people who don't have any background in the psych field, mm -hmm. but it still rose to popularity. And I actually think the MBTI is so popular because it reflects human nature. So humans by nature are social beings. We are currently social beings, regardless if you're introverted or extroverted, we are social. A lot of people can agree to that. If we go back to like the primitive time, we were in clans, we were in tribes, we were in groups. We always operated that way. And by having MBTI really just categorize personalities into 16 groups, it's almost like you're making 16 tribes. Let's say you are an ISFJ. If you're an ISFJ and you meet another IFSJ, you immediately feel this, this sort of connection with them. So it kind of taps into that whole sense of belonging that humans have. And I think that's pretty much one of the reasons why MBTI is so popular. One, it lets us feel connected to others. And two, it's very easy to remember the names. It's just a string of four letters. Mm -hmm. It's super catchy. Right. What do you think though? Uh, I think the reason it's so hyped is because I think the human mind, the human psyche has an inherent desire to understand itself. I mean, of course, we have our outward personalities, you know, how we present ourselves to people, but we have subconscious personalities that we ourselves don't really fully actualize. We don't understand. And having something written on paper or on the web page, whenever we, we read it, we feel like we can kind of click with it and kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say cut and paste, but we say like, oh, there's something about me I don't understand, but this paper is saying exactly what I feel like is accurately portraying me. So that's one reason. Um, the second reason I would say is, like I had mentioned, the MBTI was made for the purpose of relationships. Like, supposedly, if you have this personality, another person is supposed to match really well with you. And people are always curious about what their ideal partner is. I mean, they may have an idea of like physical attribute wise, like, oh, they want a guy or they want a girl who's like really pretty or they want a guy who's really handsome. They have an ideal physical attribute in their future partner, but they may not know what type of partner is right for them. So that's why this test is supposed to gauge like, oh, if you're this and this and this and this personality, someone perhaps who is very driven and motivated, um, very selfish, but at the same time, caring for his loved ones or her loved ones, that personality is right for me. Like, I think some people are just trying to find what they like in a person. They want the easy answer. And I think people have bought into this hype and that's why some people have been trying to use it as a sole determinant for what they look for in a partner. But anyways, uh, I actually want to take this time to start looking into our personalities, what we got in the personality test. Um, as we both mentioned earlier, we took the test before we started recording and we actually asked some of our prospective friends and asked, what is John like? Or what is Albert like? Give some words that would describe them. And uh, I guess starting off is, um, uh, John, these are three words that your friends described you as. You're very stubborn, relaxed, 
and emotionless. So how would you describe yourself? I could completely disagree with the three words that my friends used to describe me. I think I... Maybe I need to make new friends. I would actually describe myself as very kind, mm -hmm. extremely timid, mm -hmm. and very generous. Okay. This whole opposite. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm stubborn. I mean, relaxed. I am pretty relaxed. I don't take things very seriously. Mm -hmm. Emotionless. I don't know. I mean, there are some people, I think I know who you probably asked because I've been called like this emotionless robot that's been pre-programmed to say certain responses on different cues. I Beats me, man. But yeah, those are the three words I would use to describe myself. Maybe I view myself with such high regard. I don't know. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> It's interesting that those are the top three words. Well, what do you think? What about you? Well, how would you describe me? Uh, actually, I agree no with... Pressure. <laughs> I agree with a little bit of both, um, like what you said and what your friend said, because, yeah, I, I do think you're stubborn because I'm stubborn myself, too. So stubborn, no stubborn. I definitely think you're relaxed. Uh, I mean, you're probably one of the most chill guys that I know out there. And I think you're also very, you know, a little bit on the timid side uh, and you're pretty generous. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie because you're doing this podcast with me so you gotta put up with my shit for a little bit right no no no, no. i think you're putting up with a lot more of my shit you know i have i have tendencies and you've experienced it for the past few weeks it's probably made your life a little bit difficult <laughs> um anyways so i'm gonna actually tell you what your friends said about you i got a few responses and i just tallied up and saw the three most common words so i mean i paraphrased a lot of it because they didn't just give me words <laughs> um, <clears throat> your friends basically told me that you are extremely outgoing okay right i mean they didn't use that word they said mm -hmm. you know you're, you're very sociable you're easy to talk to you get along with other people so you're very outgoing you're very driven or motivated yeah. mm -hmm. and the third one is that you're adaptable that's my own words what i mean by adaptable was someone had mentioned that you are able to mesh with any setting that you go into if you go to a party you're able to talk to everyone. If, if it's a lively event, you become lively. If it's more of a quiet, intimate event, then you are able to blend in that environment as well. Do you think that's accurate of you? Like, how would you describe yourself? Three words. Um, okay, I would, like I mentioned before, I consider myself very stubborn. Um, I am pretty driven, like motivated, but I actually disagree with what some of my friends said. I, I feel like I am very shy. Well, I mean, let's go ahead and re reveal our results. Uh, John, what did you get? Yeah, so which result? I have many. Oh, uh, I may, I guess start from the beginning then. Back in college, I was an INTJ. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in med school, I was an INTP. Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago, I became an ISFP. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> uh, and then just yesterday when I redid it, I got an INTP again. So they call me the logician. How about you, Albert? Um. So f for the past 10 years, I've gotten consistently ENTJ which is known as the commander that sounds pretty sexy <laughs> a lot more sexy than the logician all right so to be honest I actually don't know what the commander is I mentioned to you before that I don't follow this whole MBTI thing mm -hmm. I do enjoy it I find it as a good form of entertainment but I don't know every single personality type when you say the commander I have a series of images that's just flying in my head and I'd like for you to let me know which of those images is the right image. So, so what does the website say? Um, so basically, if you break it down on the website, a commander is someone who is very charismatic. I'm putting air quotes on there. Um, someone who's very driven, motivated to achieve their goals. 
uh, but at times can be pretty callous or very empathetically devoid. Just basically the first person that popped up, the, like a famous ENTJ, was Steve Jobs. And St Steve Jobs, I'm sure if people have watched the movies about him or read his biography, they'll know he's not the most benevolent person. He's a kind of a, they literally wrote, he's a cold hearted bastard. So <laughs> I, I guess I am too. That's actually really interesting that you mentioned that because I really like Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. I had his quotes posted on my wall. I had little posters and picture frames. I used this wallpaper for my computer for like four years in medical school where he was talking about using time wisely and not wasting time. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm a huge follower of Steve Jobs. I think what he did was amazing. So it's interesting because it explains why uh, I enjoy working with you. Ooh, kandongs. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe the MBTI isn't, you know, isn't, isn't all that wrong. Interesting. Well, what about uh, the what about the logician? Uh, what is it, logician? Yeah, the logician. Yeah, so I I actually have it pulled up right here. Um, a famous person that is a logician is Albert Einstein. Mm -hmm. It says here that logicians pride themselves on their unique perspective and vigorous in intellect. They can't help but puzzle over the mysteries of the universe, which may explain why some of the most influential philosophers and scientists of all time have been logicians. This personality type is fairly rare, but with their creativity and intentiveness, logicians aren't afraid to stand up from the crowd. I don't know if I completely agree with that, but apparently this is what I am. I mean, it's funny because just some background knowledge. Uh, after we took the exam or uh, took the test, John and I went over some of the questions and I mean, there's a whole total of 130 questions, but there were a select few questions that really stood out because we either got the exact same answers or complete polar opposite answers. And John, did you write down some of the ones that stood out for us? Yeah, yeah. So um, I remember we were talking about two or three. One of the phrase was, you usually postpone finalizing decisions for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. What did, you, what did put? you put for that? Oh, for me? Um, yeah. I put strongly disagree okay i put strongly agree mm -hmm. just to understand why you put strongly disagree because i'm pretty sure you have your reasons mm -hmm. why why did you put strongly disagree when i was doing this and i saw this i thought you were going to put neutral no so for me like from a third person's perspective when they see me make decisions some people say oh he's very he's rushing into a decision or he's making decision too rashly um, in my case, it's not the case. That's, I don't believe that's the case because I don't make just willy nilly decisions, but I analyze the situation, the scenario, the possible outcomes, of course, by processes are kind of fast. And I don't allow myself to ponder on it for too long because I don't want to second guess myself. If I, if I assess a situation, like for example, a new job or like a new possible thing I, I could be passionate about, I think about it and say, oh, Am I ready for this? Can I apply my skills to this? Will this help me grow as an individual? If I even have like a five or 6% like gut feeling telling me like, then I would usually go for it because I don't want to keep mulling over and then realizing, oh shoot, maybe I shouldn't. Cause that, I always tend to second guess myself a lot. I like how you mentioned that last part. That was another phrase. Mm -hmm. You rarely second guess the choices that you made. Mm -hmm. So I guess for you, that's completely disagree. Completely disagree, yeah. So for me, what I put is, I completely agree with usually postponing my decisions for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. To me, that makes sense because mm -hmm. I want to weigh out all the options. Mm -hmm. I want to understand every single option I have and I want to kind of see like what the outcome of each option would be. Mm -hmm. And to do that, I need time and I want to think about it. Uh, most decisions are, to me, it's, it's hard making decisions for me. 
because I feel like if once a decision is made, I don't go back on it. So I need to take that time to decide and I use up all of the time that I'm allotted to make that decision. I guess for the second phrase where it says second guessing my choices, I never second guess my choices ever. Hmm. So what would be better? Would it be better to make a final decision right away, like really quickly and using all that time where you would be thinking about all the other choices for something else and then ultimately coming to use up the exact same time second guessing yourself or would it be better the first way where you are spending a lot of time thinking about all the options making a decision and never even second guessing honestly i wish i could go with your your kind of train of thought because i wish i had that patience of saying like and confidence of not second guessing myself so the second one is do you often have a hard time understanding other people's feelings i strongly agree and i also strongly agree that's that's interesting yeah really i actually thought that your eq was extremely high my eq is very low yeah my eq is actually pretty low too um so understanding someone's feelings is basically empathizing with them and i ever since i was a kid i've had trouble empathizing um i think when i got to dental school we have all these you know, like cultural sensitivity, like courses and like, especially we're in a generation where it's becoming more, we're, we're touching up more on very sensitive matters, especially regarding human sexuality, politics, uh, personal beliefs, uh, religious beliefs. And these courses kind of tried to, uh, with, with the knowledge I gained from these courses, I basically had to teach myself to put myself in someone's shoes. Like, how does this person feel or how would this person feel if I told them this information or I recommend this treatment plan or whatever going on. So going on so forth from there, empathy is not an inherent ability for me, but it was a trained one for me. Um, it's, it's hard to process people's feelings because I'm my own self and it's hard to understand myself. So how can I understand other people's feelings? Like, for example, like if I walk up on the street and it's a, I see like John crying, based on his how he's reacting to me like if he's pissed i'm gonna be like oh john did i do something wrong when in reality it could be something else and he's crying about something else i have no idea what he's feeling yeah i mean i i completely agree with you so the way i interpreted this phrase was you have a hard time understanding that was mm -hmm. the keyword for me understanding other mm -hmm. people's feelings so i could i can definitely pick up on cues on how they're feeling so i'm not totally out of touch with their emotions. I can see visibly that they're sad or they're happy or they're mad, but I wouldn't necessarily know why. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't know why. And I don't mm -hmm. think I'll ever know why. I know some people are very good at getting the clues and formulating some sort of reason for why they think that the person's upset or mm -hmm. happy or whatever. For me, I just won't know. No one's going to know why I'm feeling a certain way exactly because they're not me and I'm not them. That's why I completely disagreed. So basically, with everything that we've talked so far, we kind of talked about the drawbacks of the MBTI test. But, you know, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt and say there's some pros to the MBTI test. You know, John, do you think as a as a non-believer, do you think there are any pros to the MBTI? I'm a non-believer, but I don't hate it. Mm -hmm. I actually enjoy it. I find it a very good form of entertainment. It's a good conversation starter. So MBTI, you can use it as icebreakers when you're meeting new people. You could put it on your dating profile to kickstart the conversation if you don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. It's also very interesting just getting a sneak peek at how people interpret their results. Another good thing about the MBTI is that it really helps us to identify our own strengths and weaknesses. So mm -hmm. I'm emphasizing our own because 
I don't think the MBTI's listed strengths and weaknesses will be applicable for everyone. Like I read my INTP stuff. Some of it's true. Some of it I agree with. Some of it I don't. Mm -hmm. But what it really helped with is it got me to really self-reflect. Right, so it catalyzed the whole process of self-reflection, mm-hmm. and I think that's one good thing that the MBTIs can provide to a lot of people. People are analyzing themselves, like looking deep down into areas for improvement, and a lot of them are working towards improving that. So I actually think those are two good things about the MBTI. I don't know. What do you think? I completely agree with what you're saying.、Uh, just like you said about self-reflection, it's it's kind of like you're reading to something and you see you may. Read about, like I said in the very beginning of the episode, you're reading stuff about yourself, and you, based on how you perceive it, you can try to think of it as an analysis, inner analysis of your personality, and you say like, oh, maybe I do have these strengths and these current weaknesses, and you know, of course, if those strengths match up with what you perceive yourself to be, good, keep on keeping those、uh, values. But any weaknesses, like for example, for like ENTJs, like very calculating. Um, very can seem cold. I agree, partially that I can sometimes seem like that,、um, and I definitely want to address that issue and work on it so I don't seem so callous.、Um, I think at the bottom line, at the end of the day, it's an interesting test. It's it can show you the best and the worst parts of yourself at a current moment, and maybe it'll give you a tool. It'll be one data point out of many data points. To kind of guide you, because the MBTI has at one point influenced my motivation to work harder. Because what one thing that kind of that left me kind of shook was the MBTI told me, what it said about the ENTJ is、uh, the ENTJ's mentality should be I am not living someone else's life, someone else's life. I'm living my own life. And it didn't make me go like YOLO, but it made me kind of reaffirm my belief. Like, oh, I really wanted to do this. I want to do that. I want to head and push myself to go ahead and pursue that decision, and make that decision-making choice, which ultimately led me to here. I actually completely agree. So, having known you for several years, and now getting to work with you on this project, I can definitely see that. For my MBTI, I think it does have some accurate descriptions, where it says I live in my own head. Mm-hmm. Right, so I have all these different ideas, but I can never really get them to start. I think that's what it says.、Mm-hmm. Like, I apologize if I'm wrong. I I, I didn't read too much into the details, but <laughs> yeah, and that's relatively true. Like, we talk about all these different things, and I'm just there. Like, my brain's like kind of running at twice the speed that it should, pumping out good and bad ideas. But then it just kind of goes nowhere. I don't know how to start it. Like, I have ideas, but I don't. I can't execute them.、Mm-hmm. And I think that's more or less accurate. I thought that was pretty interesting. So.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this stuff is addictive, man. Like I, I don't know. You read you read some of it. It's like, yeah, I can relate to it. But then not all of it is. I don't know. As a in conclusion moment,、uh, John and I basically came to this agreement. But、uh, when we were talking on air and off air, the MBTI one very interesting. Two, it's intellectually stimulating. But the bottom line is, we do not want to let these tests influence our decision making. Um, or be a direct factor of who we think we are, or who we should be meeting.、Um, using that this test as a sole data point in life is irresponsible, in my personal opinion. And and you never know; you could miss some great opportunities just because if you limit yourself to what this test is saying you can or cannot do. Yep, I agree to that completely. I don't think that the MBTI should be used to make big life decisions. 
a section of the MBTI actually tells you it recommends careers that are most optimal for your personality type. I think that's total BS. Mm -hmm. You are you, you are unique, you have your own weaknesses, you have your own strengths that are unique to you. Uh, using the MBTI to help you kickstart your own self-evaluation, I think that's good. But don't let this define who you are. You're awesome. Just remember that you're unique. You're one of a kind. I think that's one thing to just remember. The MBTI is supposed to be fun. Don't take it too seriously. Right. Do you want to share one experience? Because you've seen people get really crazy about the MBTI, especially in dating. Have you ever had an experience like that before? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I actually have. Um, this was way, way back. And I remember I was talking to someone just by text. We didn't, we hadn't met up yet or anything. And she asked me what my MBTI was. So I told her, I don't even remember what she, what she was, but back then I was an INTP. Mm -hmm. And what happened was after I disclosed that I was an INTP to her and I told her that, her immediate response was, oh no. <laughs> like, what do you mean, oh no? It's like, well, I'm a, I, let's just say that she was a ESFJ. She's like, I'm an ESFJ and we we're absolutely not compatible for each other. And I said, why is that? And then she gave me some long-winded reason in explaining the details of ESFJ and INTP. And I was like, so does that mean all this time that we were talking where, you know, we were actually having a good time, just kind of falls to the wayside and goes down the drain? It's like, yeah, I don't think it's a very good decision to meet someone when the MBTI is saying that we're not good. Like, you know, I don't think we're going to be compatible. And then I don't know if she blocked me at that point or whatever, but I just responded saying like, you know what, if you're making decisions with this personality test and using that as the sole indicator of whether a relationship is going to be successful or not, then I don't want to be with you anyways. That's one. I, I remember there are some other good ones where like we talk about the MBTI and we just discuss like different personality traits based on the website and we just send memes about it. That, that's fun. That's fun. But people who actually make real decisions about it, like, I just want to shove a, a fire hose down my throat. Oh, God, like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is happening with the world is what my immediate thought was. It's OK. She didn't deserve you. Or maybe I didn't deserve her, according to MPTI. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Any any stories? My story was rather weak. Uh, I don't have a lot of MBTI dating stories that are exciting. Um, I've had a couple. I mean, should I go with the very PG story or very PG-13 story? The higher the number, the better in my books. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got I tried dating apps and, you know, on those, I put down ENTJ because everyone was putting their MBTI. I started noticing that I was getting less likes after putting down ENTJ. And I asked one of my friends and she literally told me like, oh, ENTJs are so stubborn and girls don't want a guy who's so stubborn or in their own world. And it's you would just be a difficult partner. I said, wow, that, that's kind of that's kind of hurtful. Yeah, OK, yeah, that's cool. And then eventually I did meet so, someone uh, off of the dating app and she we were just drink, we, were, we were having, I think, uh, a beer and we were just talking. Or maybe it was Soja, I can't remember. But anyways, I think it was a Soja. But she was like, oh, I'm an ESFJ. I was like, oh, that, that that's cool. I think my profile says I'm ENTJ. And she's like, oh. Well, you know that ENTJs and, and ENTJs and ESFJs have great sexual chemistry. I was like, um, thank you. And then that was just it. I mean, it was Albert, a, Albert, 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 wait, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I just have to. So you were drinking on a date, meeting a girl, and she mentions that your two personality types have great sexual chemistry and 
your response was thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was. Wait, just, how old were you? I was, you I was like, this is like third year of dental school, so I was like twenty-five. Albert, we're gonna have to have a talk after this. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I was just like, we were just talking about random stuff, and then all of a sudden, this sexual chemistry and like this this came up, and I'm just like, okay, and. I mean, I don't know. It it was it's it was one of those very awkward stories that I think will always be at the back of my mind, just laughing about it, and that's why. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Albert's Albert's a gentleman. If um, the takeaway from this story is that Albert is a gentleman, and he's the type of guy that I would recommend my sister to if I had one. Well, apparently we have the same personality type, so John and I are we are very compatible in a relationship. So, uh, Hyung, do you want to go on a date with me? Yeah, I actually would. Um, oh. but, you know, I'm, not, I'm not that easy. I'm not that easy. You're gonna have to <laughs> entice me a little bit. Okay, okay. Fly over to Boston. We'll we'll make it work. <laughs> well, we talked about the MBTI. We gave you a little bit of history, what happened, and just our thoughts on it. And ultimately, the main thing that Albert and I want to tell you is that the MBTI is supposed to be fun. Take it with a grain of salt, but just have fun with it. Use it as a conversation starter. Don't use it for making major life decisions. And I completely 100% agree. So I guess it's time to say goodbye. But let us know what your MBTI is. We're extremely curious. This is a lot of fun. And yeah, see you guys next time. And remember, until then, stay curious, be humble, and don't forget, have fun. We'll see you guys later.